0: this is episode number 37 of hebrews in exile with rabbi robert b holman jr and sean appleton and in this episode we're going to talk about the exiled children of israel and in specificity what about my people no one wants to be left behind nobody wants to be left behind but we got to ask the question what about the children of israel where are they going why haven't they returned back to the ways of the most high And what is in store for a nation of people who continues to be rebellious against the ways of the Most High. This is all going to get explained in this episode of Hebrews in Exile. You know what we do.
1: Let's go. Shalom. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews in in exile. Exile. I have been thinking and I'm kind of in a conflict in my mind about this particular podcast because it covers two subject matters that are important to where we are in our understanding scripturally hebraically and that is what about my people and when I talk about what about my people, I'm speaking about Hebrew, Israel, in exile in the four corners of the world. But while I'm doing that, while I'm thinking about that, I'm also thinking about the foreigner mm-hmm. that lives amongst us. That's right. And um, I have run into a lot of people who are not Hebrew by ethnicity or or what have you? As we talk about the melanation of the Hebrew of the Hebrew people and people of the nations, people of the nations make up not just individuals that are non-melanated people, but they also make up people that come from Ham's side of the family. Mm, that's um, right, Egyptians, mm-hmm. um, uh, some Muslims. Mm-hmm arabs and what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Most High is is very pointed in saying to us in Numbers chapter 15 and verse 15, there shall be one Torah, one law, so to speak, mm-hmm. for you, Israel, and for the foreigner that lives amongst you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. people who are not hebrew and not melanated so to speak have probably come to grips with the fact that their christian religion is not working for them yeah yeah there's some there's some angst
0: about just the truths that are being presented. Yeah. And it's not authentic anymore for them.
1: And the Pew report, which is the statistical document that documents religion and Christian activity, is reporting that people of the nations are leaving Christianity in groves. Hmm. They're disenchanted.
2: Mm hmm.
1: And in their disenchantment, while it is that what they know about God, yet they don't know anything about the Elohim of Hebrew Israel.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like it's, it's difficult to, to reconcile. As we've gone through and matriculated to a thought process that is clearly focused on Yahweh a hey, yeah I share hey, yeah. we've we looking back on it, it's kind of like this situation where how do you, how do you reconcile so many you know holes that are in the doctrine itself, and that's kind of probably lending itself to saying i'm I'm just kind of unfulfilled it just, I don't have an answer, a reasonable answer, a logical answer
1: exactly for the things that are being presented to exactly. You. And then when you, when you talk to them about it, the difference between the substantive matter that resides in the Hebrew writings to Hebrew Israel, that's Bereshit to Second Chronicles, which is, which is categorized in the minds of the people of the nations as the Old Testament, and you share with them the truth that resides in that document while they're disenchanted with where they are they can't quite wrap their head around the truth Mm. of the matter of what's true and what's not true
0: yeah yeah too many contradictions too many hypocrisies
1: yeah so so when you start explaining to them the history of the writing recorded in Beresheet to Second Chronicles, depending on what book you're reading, some it's, it's Beresheet to Second Chronicles or it's Beresheet to um, Malachi. Mm-hmm. And you explain to them the very thing that they have departed from, they still have a hard time digesting the fact that there are absolutely unequivocally cannot be a Messiah, a man called Jesus Christ, in this sixth day of grace.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They can't, they can't, they can't forego that. Mm-hmm. And as I talk to them, I hear them say, "But this is what we have been taught all of our lives." And now you're saying, and I go, "Well, yeah, but what I'm saying." To you, is coming out of the document that your educators, which are Eurocentric in thought and theology, have convinced you and brainwashed you, and me too. I was, I was, I was, yeah, I, was sure. I was in that same, in that same, same boat, yeah. in that same uh, washing uh, machine,
0: yeah, <laughs> that ideology, that ideology yeah. for
1: long, for a long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But coming to grips with the fact that this Hebraic way is the only way, Hmm. but what I find them doing, I find them turning to alternative religions. Really? Yeah. Huh. Some of them are turning to the Muslim religion. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Some of them are turning to, in search of the truth of the matter, they're turning to Judaism.
2: Mm.
1: And then when we try to explain that there's a difference between Hebrew and judaism they look at you like with the like deer looking in the headlights of a car
0: yeah you know what i thought you was mm-hmm. going to say that they turn into crystals and and all types of worshiping rocks and, and the ground and everything else kind of you know, a nat- naturalist
1: you know and focus and and the point that i want to make tonight in this podcast is that the. Pigmentation of a person's skin does not d- distract from the kind of heart that a person has of their love for what they know to be God.
0: mm mm-hmm. oh, Absolutely. I mean it's 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 for me that resonates because the picture that I have is Again, I think we probably brought this up before in a, in a previous podcast. It's like marrying into a family. You know, I've married into my wife's family. I'm treated as a resident person in that family like I've always been there. Am I blood? Absolutely not. But I, I have... I am looked upon and I have kind of I don't want to say the same responsibilities, but kind of in the same light as a bloodline family member and so yeah i i I echo what you're saying, which is you know just because you are not of a certain melanation does not take away from the fact that you are a part of a family, a part of a nation, a part of a community of people who has to function uh, in Right and being right and right standing with the Most High and in obedience to what the Most High has ordained. It's a functioning system. It's an ecosystem that that can't work unless we're all in one accord. There can't be any dissension, you know. That and that's something Westernized culture has as you know put in the hearts and the minds of peoples to separate by melanation. And I think you've said it before in, in previous. Uh, podcasts and 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 teachings that you've given is that the Most High does not
1: see color. No, he doesn't see color. It's, it's a nation of people. It's a nation of people. Because now, you
0: just said, yeah, because Hamites are not Shemites. No. But
1: they are Melanite. Yeah. But while he doesn't see color and he sees nations of people, his desire is that The man that he has created would function under the auspices of his leadership and his authority, which he has written for man. Mm -hmm. With that being said, he's gone in and he has chosen a people to be a nation of people to him, Mm -hmm. and that happens to be Hebrew Israel. Mm-hmm. Not, not, oxenazi, mm-hmm. Israel, and there's a difference between the two. It, again,
0: no, another analogy, another metaphor, another simile, something systemic to what we're talking about. People who come here to the United, we were born here in the United States.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I
0: mean, <laughs> <laughs> good lord, here <laughs> <laughs> all the people want to, <gasps> um, yeah, we were born here, so. We have a connection with this country we We feel like we're Americans. If you were born in Great Britain, you were born in England, you're a part of that country. If you go to the United States and you're not from here, you know what I'm saying it's it's one of those things. you know we're here. we're I'm a part of this country, yeah. and people that come here have to,
1: yeah adopt
0: adopt the ways of Yeah,
1: what we're about. But what is really kind of disturbing me about all of this? What about my people? And then the foreigner also is the idea that their minds have been wrapped around this idea that's called salvation. And so when you, so now when you bring up to them the idea that the most high never created a narrative of salvation, but a narrative of a way of life, Mm -hmm. it's difficult for them to, it's difficult for them to, to wrap their head around and accept that, that concept, Mm -hmm. But but it's not a concept. Right it's a reality that the most high has put in place that the eurocentric the eurocentrics have demeaned and taken away from you so that you can never understand and comprehend mm-hmm. what the most high is saying now there I, now, now listen 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 I have a distinct problem ah okay with people who can't think for themselves hmm Okay. And I have a distinct problem with people who are supposed to be smart enough <clears throat> to be able to do something that in order to get a job with the government and any high up organization <clears throat> you have to be able to have the, the skills of reading and comprehension. Sure. Sure. The most high document It's very simple. Mm -hmm. Boggles my mind (laughs) that educated people can't comprehend what he has said and what he is saying, but they gravitate to and understand what the Greeks have written and what the Romans have written in that document that's called the New Testament, which is, which is thin comparative to thin comparative to the hebrew writings of the, of, of the hebrew people of the most time you have this
0: dynamic where it's never going to make sense because they're trying to reconcile two thoughts that have nothing to do, do with, with each, each other. other and you mentioned something a second ago which is which is interesting and i want to i mentioned something to you a couple of hours ago and i said when you mentioned it it opened up a whole entire thought process and narrative for me, which I'm going to share. And I want to share it here because I don't know who's watching us by way of the stream on the Shabbat or who's not. But you had mentioned that word salvation. Yeah. Salvation from what?
1: Exactly. Okay, so we got brought into- Because, uh, hold your point. Go ahead, ahead. go ahead. Hold -hmm. hold your point right there, hold your point. In every narrative, where the Most High talks about saved or salvation, it's it's systemic to the word to be delivered from. Right. And deliverance. Mm-hmm. And the Most High's deliverance and delivered from his saved and his salvation is quantitative. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's it's true. quantitative.
0: That's true. So another aspect of that is getting back to something you mentioned and I'm going to quote you because you talked about this aspect of hell being saved from that. You were brought in to Christianity because of the fact, and I'm going to talk about those folks across the street for a second. You were brought into this aspect of being, you don't want kind of this, this insurance policy. I don't want to die and go to hell. So therefore you have to believe what you believe, which kind of compounds this issue for me that I had brought up before in Hebrews 7 when it says that the, and this is their, what's written, is that the Torah, the Mosaic law given to Moshe, the Most High's prophet, His is words. weak, is ineffective. So what do we have to do? We have to create this narrative of hell because you know what? Just the Most High's word telling us that you're going to die isn't going to get it. We have to make something a lot harder for you to believe in. There's got to be another consequence that's there, maybe another aspect that's there. But what you had brought up in the aspect of dealing with hell is this. I want to ask everybody this question. Think about this for a second. Prove to me that there isn't a hell.
1: That there isn't
0: there is not a hell.
1: Prove it. Well, the only proof that I can give to you that there is not a Dante's Infernal is that the foundation written to the Hebrew people Mm -hmm. don't speak about it. Okay. And if the history book that has been put in place by the one who created all things Mm -hmm. doesn't speak about it, then it doesn't exist. Further, Mm -hmm. we have to go into the book of Ezekiel where he talks about he finds no pleasure Mm -hmm. in the destruction of the wicked. Mm -hmm. So now the next question you have to ask is what pleasure, (laughs) what pleasure does a merciful patient long-suffering mm-hmm. gracious spirit that has created all things what pleasure does he get out of what he has created being tormented in a place called purgatory or hell right right, right. What, what 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 pleasure what pleasure does he get out come on it come on <laughs> the proof of the proof of, the, of what you asked me is to look into and understand the mindset of the one who created you. True. And ask the question that I just asked. Mm-hmm. What pleasure? Right. What pleasure is he going to get out of you going to hell and being tormented, tormented throughout eternity? Right. What, what pleasure? Right. What What pleasure is that? So when you brought that up, This is what I thought about. I thought
0: about this. I said if I was presented with that same question and I couldn't answer it as eloquently as you could, how in the world could I prove to somebody that there is the hell doesn't exist? And I said I would have to go no further than cracking open the what you would call the Bible, I would call Bereshit Genesis chapter one, verse one. When it says in the beginning The Most High created the heavens and the Eretz, the earth. And in six days in that narrative, there is no mention of hell. So what you want me to understand that the all existing one, the all knowing one articulated to Moshe everything that he had created and forgot to mention hell. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: where is hell in that narrative well that's, that's hell is and when we use the word hell that is a greek term that comes out of greek mythology the word in hebrew is sheol sheol in hebrew just means the grave it means the place upon which a person rests when their, their 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 spirit or soul has departed from their body Right. It's called Sheol or limbo. So when you get a over holding to, place for the soul. <laughs> so when you get over to Yeshayahu in chapter five, verse 14, when it talks about, oh, hell hath enlarged itself. You cannot bring the Greek idea of hell over into a a Hebrew narrative. Hell and burning and all this other stuff doesn't show up until you get. 400 years later, after the Most High, took a nap, ran Winkle, and and woke up and decided to change everything. It doesn't work when you come over there. Sheol is nothing but the grave. And when you read it in context, it talks about the fact that, hey, look, people are straying away from the Most High's word. And so hell, the grave, Sheol, not hell, Sheol, the grave, has opened itself for all the people that are dying because of the fact that they're not obeying the Most High's word. You're mixing and matching two different ideologies. So if I'm sitting here telling you that you can't reconcile, if you can't go to Better Sheet, chapter one, and in the six days prove to me that the Most High created the heavens, the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, everything, you, Everything that I can tangibly quantifiably justify and put my faith in, how can I put my faith in hell? Cuz it's not there. So the basis of someone coming to you and telling you that you need to be saved from hell is not in the concept of the most high.
1: Wow. I must s- <laughs> Oh, you funny. That you was a, funny. That, that was a much more eloquent <laughs> description of there not being a hell than I presented. <laughs> no, no. I'll just tack mine on as an I'll just tack what I said on as an addendum to what you just said because <laughs> what you just said is a <laughs> Excuse me, a heck of a lot (laughs) better.
0: But I mean, it gets to that. What about our people? Our people are being led astray about Greek ideologies and things that are not of the most high. And we're being duped and bamboozled into
1: something because we're
0: afraid that we're going to spend our eternal life somewhere.
1: I'm going to ask a question. That doesn't I'm going to ask my question. Mm Mm-hmm. Who told them that? There you go. Who, yeah, who told you? Who, who, who told you that there was a hell? The pastor? (laughs) Who told him? The bishop? Who told him? Mm Mm-hmm. The cardinal? Who told him? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And nowhere in that narrative will they ever go back and say, well,
1: hmm. I mean, I want you to think about that. All the stuff that doesn't add up in that you have wrapped your mind and your faith around, who told you that? Did did the prophets tell you that? No, they didn't, wouldn't have spoke that. Did Mashe tell you that? Mm-hmm. Did the Most High tell you that? Mm-hmm. Because if the people that I've just mentioned didn't tell you that, and it came from a people that Daniel chapter 7 says doesn't like your god at all no 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 not at all and and i and and every every person that has a phd tdd ddd <laughs> bpd Poo d a- abc abcd thdd <laughs> from whatever seminary i mean seminary 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 they have been to Will tell you that Daniel chapter seven, mm-hmm. the Greeks and the Romans, the Persians and the Syrians were all anti-Christ or anti-God nations. Sure, sure, all of them. All of them. Which they is don't sad, like. Yeah. They don't like. They don't like your God, and if your God is Jesus Christ, they don't like Him either. That's right. I mean, this is all history. I mean, it, so, so, so now you're reading and, and grasping stuff from a document that's written by people who don't like your God, mm-hmm. and he de- they definitely don't like mine. <laughs> right. They definitely don't right. like mine. Yeah, he's too oppressive. So, so the next question on the table, in reference to your faith, is why. Would you take stock and build your faith around a people who don't like what you believe? True, it's very true. Why would you do that?
0: You'd never. What? what you've said it before. Why would you have someone write your autobiography that hates that, that you? That hates you. <laughs> you already know it's going to come out just horrible. Yeah. And why, why? Tainted would you that? and biased.
1: I mean, I, I, I'm. I'm here. I, I am here mm-hmm. to help people logically make sense of the garbage. Yes. And sure. and reconcile the fact that, you know what? If you stink. And you got garbage all over you. Mm hmm then you need to come in and get cleaned up. (laughs) You need to take a shower. You need to take a shower, take a bath, take a shave, get yourself cleaned up. And the only way you're going to get cleaned up from the Mm minutiae that has been placed in your mind and your brain around ideas that don't map back to the foundation is while you're in search of all these other religions. It's really quite simple because all religions are man-made, except except The Hebrew religion, the Hebrew, uh, excuse me, change that. There you Er go. er Erase that. Erase that. There you go. (laughs) Erase that. Yeah. The Hebrew way is not a religion. That's right. The Most High did not give to Israel a religion. He gave to them a way of life. Right. Right. And all religions have copied some aspect of what the Most High gave to Hebrew Israel and put it in their document, or wrapped it around their ideologies and their thought and their mm-hmm. theologies and spoon fed it back to you to make you believe what you're believing. Right.
0: I mean, is the Constitution a religion? Are the amendments there a, re- a religion? Are the Bill of Rights absolutely a religion? Absolutely. They are? Okay, yeah. I thought you were going to say something else. Cause I'm going to say I know don't, I, don't, I guess I don't think of them that way.
1: Look, they're statutes no, 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 for no, no, the way no, we no, govern no, ourselves. No,
0: no, he, okay, no,
1: no. You, you didn't? You, didn't you pay attention to the last four years
0: of government? <laughs> oh,
1: Okay. Oh, all right, all right. I mean, that um, flag is a religion. Mm. You bow to it. Okay. Okay. You pledge to it. All right. And you worship it. Hmm. And by golly, if you don't worship that my golly oh, yeah you're 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 you're, so you're anti just, you, yeah you're, i mean colin kaepernick took a knee to it and look at him he's been ostracized by by the nfl and mm. and, and everybody else for for bringing to attention just something that people want to reconcile and wrap their mind around as a religion
2: mm.
1: yeah that the constitution's a religion mm. okay to the people that to the people that believe it and have faith in it right right there there you go okay there, there's a qualification there see yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> i live in this exile and i'm in this exile not by the choice that i decide oh let me leave the continent of Africa. And go to this great place called America. That wasn't my choice, and my ancestors' choice, mm-hmm. and my forefathers' choice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We were we were drugged out of our homeland and placed in this place. Mm. Yeah. And you keep hearing people. Well, why do not you go back? Well, <laughs> trust this fact, okay? <laughs> right. Yeah. Trust this fact. I am going back. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. But
1: but I'm not going back at your behest. Right. I'm not going back at the at the at the request of the nations. I'm going back because the most high promised me in his word Mm -hmm. that he would bring me back. Right. And I'm gonna say this like this. Mm. He's gonna bring me back dead or alive. Either way. Either way.
0: I like it. I like it. Mm.
1: Good. So so It's difficult for the nations, not speaking in reference to the Hamites, but the Japhites, the Eurocentrics, to wrap their head around following and believing in a people that are of a melanated color. hue. hmm. Because I'm gonna say it, they believe in their soul of soul that they are imper they are superior to the most highest people.
0: Yeah that, that's a slippery slope. It's ice skating uphill.
1: But you wanna believe in the creator the absolute all existent one, the most high, who created everything whom they call God. They want to have faith and want to believe in him. But here's the problem. You cannot believe in him without believing in his people. Yeah,
0: oh, that's right.
1: Because I'm going to say this and I'm going to make I'm going to say yeah, that's it. I'm going good to say point. it very straight. I'm going to say it very plain. The salvation of man is wrapped around the theology that the Most High has given Hebrew Israel. And the only way, quantitatively, that you're going to be delivered, saved, mm-hmm. and have eternal life is by coming through the corridors and the hallways and the study halls of Hebrew Israel, not Aksanazi but Hebrew Israel. Mm. The Most High gave the oracles to Israel, Hebrew Israel. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now, let's understand something, okay? The Akhiznazis, historically, came into existence by virtue of a people that's called the Khazars, K-H-E a r z i believe it is
2: mm-hmm.
1: and these people um you know you can research the history on the no k h a a z a r s khazars and um by the 7th century these okhsanasis known as the khazars uh, became a mighty force, and by the eighth century, they adopted Judaism, and there, which they began to refer to themselves as Jews. So they're not the father's people, hmm. but they they fill a space out of Scripture, which is written in Isaiah chapter number forty-four. And uh, let me read it. Let me read it starting at verse number five. One will say, I belong to Yahweh. Another will be called by the name of Yaakov. Yet another will write that he belongs to Yahweh and adopt the surname Israel. There it is. There it is. So now, when you hear in Scripture the name Yisrael, the name Yisrael and the name Yaakov are synonymous. They're used synonymously and interchangeably. Mm-hmm. You talk about Jacob; that's Israel. Mm-hmm. Israel's Jacob, mm-hmm. and they're they're synonymous. So we have we have these people that are not the Father's people who are providing the nations that are distraught with their Christian way Mm -hmm. that they're looking for an avenue out and they're going to the Aksanazi synagogues to gain the information of truth
2: Mm.
1: in relationship to the Most High. But the Oxenazis are just as they're confused in their idea as to who the Father's people are because they have adopted our name and taken on our culture Mm -hmm. and present themselves as being us when they're not us. By studying Scripture, we clearly understand Who we are. And there's no nation of people that fit the narrative of who Hebrew Israel is. And the prophets, the prophets testify to it. Mm -hmm. The prophets ask a question. Hosea and uh, the writer of Lamentations ask a question
2: Mm.
1: What nation of people do you know? That has been so severely punished as Hebrew Israel. And don't tell me the Holocaust. The Holocaust, the Holocaust, the Holocaust doesn't even scratch the surface of the punishment that Hebrew Israel has gone through in the history of its existence as a nation. Yeah, even to this day. Even to this day. We have we, he haven't
0: escaped it at
1: all. You know, we'll talk about that in another podcast. But mm-hmm. my point being is, I want people. I don't care what the hue of your skin color is. I want people to be able to understand a truth that resides in the foundation and the history of the Father's Word that is inclusive of all people. But the inclusion of all people comes with a stipulation. Right. And that stipulation is you have to adopt the ways and the statutes, precepts, the mitzvot, the laws, and the instructions that I gave to the nation of Hebrew Israel. Absolutely. That's what you got to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you formulate a way of life that's quantitative. Mm-hmm. Everything everything that the Most High has asked us Hebrew Israel to do is very, very quantitative. Yes, I realize that it's difficult to understand because a lot of the statutes and the mitzvot and the commandments have to do with things. Outside the purview of where you are, Mm -hmm. for example, we live in a blacktop jungle. We don't have farms and we don't have flocks and we don't have we don't have herds. Mm -hmm. So the narrative in terms of what the Most High is asking cannot be fulfilled in this exile, which he knew. And by him knowing that he implemented for us in this exile something that's called grace Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and mercy if it's not for grace and mercy we're all we're all very much gone yeah that's good diplomatic way to put that we're gone we're not we're (laughs) we're, and we're we're not we're not in heaven either we're not we're not in heaven and we're not in hell we just (laughs) don't exist that's right it's like
0: prior to you coming to the existence of the world you didn't exist yes and then once you violate this you won't exist either
1: very good point it's very good point very good point Mm -hmm. very very good point very good point Mm. if the most high is the same today yesterday and and forever forever, he does everything to say Mm -hmm. if you didn't exist in the beginning then the narrative of your wickedness and you're not turning him will cause you not to exist again you return, which is not. He returns that which is not back to, not to nothing. To exactly nothing. to nothing. No, mm-hmm. no burning, no hell. You just don't exist. Exist, right?
0: <laughs> so, if if that replaces your idea of of a of a purgatory, then that should give you some solace and some humility to say, Do I? My existence is null and void. Yeah.
1: So so while we talk about Hebrews in exile and while we talk about matters that historically in the mind of people gravitate to Judaism because when when you see when you see me and I've got my my on mm-hmm. and when you see me and you know you ask me if what what while I talk about Torah and the first question that comes oh you are you a Jew? Right.
0: No, That's I'm like hundred percent of the
1: time. <laughs> no, no, I'm not a Jew. Right. I'm a Hebrew, son oh. of Israel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, good. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to leave this podcast in a in a in a castigated state in relationship to uh, the oxenazi's because I've come to realize that the Most High has never left himself without a witness. Mm. And what he knew was when he put his people in exile, he knew that the melanated Hebrew Israelite that he was placing in exile was going to be void of the major things that he gave to them as part of their culture. Mm. Language, right, a, a dietary law. It's true. Mm-hmm. temple,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Kohanim, mm-hmm. and their Torah. He knew that they were not going to have this. So he wrote it in scripture that there would be a people that would come along who would adopt the surname. And the adopted people that have taken on the adoption of being Israel are the Oxenazi Jews. What did they do? Mm-hmm. They preserved our language
2: mm-hmm.
1: and our dietary laws. Yeah, and the and the, and the Torah. And the Torah. Mm-hmm. After that, they ain't done none. And 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 and, but, the, and, and, and exactly, those three yeah. and those three are the three principal things that the most high has given to Israel, and those are the three principal things that's going to restore mm-hmm. his people back to him mm-hmm. in this exile. Sure. Absolutely. If we don't have a temple we don't have kohanim that's right well that's right. we do <laughs> we do just like i call myself a rabbi you know <laughs> a person who teaches torah by this definition of scripture the people who are responsible for doing that are called kohanim mm. so if you're teaching torah then you are by the most highest definition a kohanim you're not a pastor not mm-hmm. a bishop. Yeah, definitely not a you're not, bishop. You're not any of the Greek stuff. You are a Kohanim. Mm-hmm. So so what we're doing, we're doing the work of a Kohanim. Right. Teaching. And yes. And not only are we doing the work of a Kohanim, we're also doing the work of a prophet. Because we speak of the things that have separated people from the most high. Mm -hmm. And the past, we bring them to the understanding of what they should be doing in the present. And we're trying to help them to realize what the future is going to look
0: like. Right? Yeah, there's a lament that all prophets have over the fact of the, the love of the Most High's word and the fact that they're an even greater admiration for the Most High's people. And no. that is systemic to all of them. Every right. single prophet shares the same thing. An admiration for the people of the Most High to return yes. back to the teachings of the Most right. High. Nothing else. Nothing the prophet else. is not going to get up there and tell you that you're going to get a car or tell you what the winning numbers in the lotto is going to be. That doesn't, that's not what a prophet
1: does. not what he does. He or she, no. for that matter. And, you know, we have a problem. We have a problem with, 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 with calling ourselves but you never heard a prophet calling himself a prophet. Yeah. never a prophet, that, a prophet just went out and did the work of a prophet. What did he do? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you your past. I'm going to show you your present and I'm going to let you know what your future is. Yeah.
0: If you continue the way that you're going, this he's is gonna, what's going to happen. He's
1: going to speak three, those mm-hmm. three things into your, into your thought process. So when you read the prophets, that's what they do.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I got a prophecy. <laughs> Oh, you know, you got a vision and then whatever the prophecy is that you think you got, it better map back to scripture and it better map back to the context, to the, to the, to, to the understanding of what scripture says.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: I'm not impressed by your, by your eloquent speech, right? Because what I'm listening for, I'm listening for whatever you're saying, does what you say map back to the scripture foundation? Because the prophets... In my mind have always been the father's accounting firm they always balance the book between the between the positives and the next and keep and keep the father's word balanced mm-hmm. in terms of what he says and what he means
2: mm-hmm.
1: Very so, good. so anyway uh that was on my mind this evening i we've, we've we've talked about a few things this evening but i i really want i really want people from the nations to understand that while we talk about hebrews in exile uh, we want we also know that you know mankind, human humankind, is the product of the most high. And his desire is to for what he has created to have the tranquility and peace that Adam man had before the fall. That's his desire and that's what he's going to take us all back to. Because the Father doesn't just have seven days; he has eight days—a day of new beginnings. We are in the sixth day. There's going to be a seventh day, which is called the Messianic era or the Millennium. After that, uh, Zechariah talks about the eighth day, when everything reverts back to the things that are that are going to be finalized, and all of this that we're talking about now, and all the all the discomfort and all mm. the things that are that are displeasing to us and make us angry will no longer exist, but we will have the the euphoria of having peace mm-hmm. living in the land mm-hmm. with the one who created us, just as Adam and 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 Isha did. Yes. Very good. Well this has been exiles this has been uh Robert Yeah we B. are Homan. exiled. This has been this has been this has been Robert B. Homan Jr. and Sean, Sean Appleton. Appleton and this has been ex Hebrews in exile. <laughs>
0: Hebrews Yes, us, folks. And we say to you, Shalom.